opened the door to the most powerful room in housing, built for mortgage executives, real estate leaders, and the rising stars that drive innovation and progress. The gathering will feature over 45 powerful speakers on stage in Scottsdale, Arizona from April 21st to 24th. Learn more and register now at housingwirethegathering.com. Welcome everyone. I'm Sarah Wheeler, Editor-in-Chief at HW Media with the latest installment of the Housing Wire Daily Podcast, where our editors and reporters discuss the most compelling stories and sources they're covering. Today, I'm handing off the microphone to our senior real estate reporter, Matthew Blake. Matt is joined by Scott Durkin, the CEO of luxury real estate brand Douglas Element, which has recently broken off from Vector Group and is now its own publicly traded company. Durkin shares a glimpse behind the scenes of Element's decision to break away from the group and how Vector's association with tobacco products can impact a real estate brand. But before you listen, here's a brief word from our sponsor. This episode is sponsored by Maverick Solutions, first guarantee mortgage corporation's proprietary suite of non-agency and non-QM products. When you need a lender that can handle the unique needs of today's borrowers, look to FGMC and Maverick Solutions. Whether your client requires flexible income documentation, is a first-time investor, has experienced credit challenges, or needs a jumbo option, Maverick Solutions has got you covered. Maverick Solutions products are available through wholesale and non-delegated delivery. Learn more about Maverick Solutions at fgmc.com slash maverick. First Guarantee Mortgage Corporation, NMLS ID 2917, Tennyson Parkway, Suite 450, Plano, Texas, 75. Hey, this is Matt Blake, real estate reporter, and this is Houses in Motion, part of Housing Wire Daily. 2022 is off to a difficult start with the rise in COVID-19 cases, triggering many questions, including what is appropriate to do in person. Real estate is wrestling anew with what are essential in-person activities, but there are other major news developments of the new year. One is that Douglas Element is now its own publicly traded company, breaking away from being a subsidiary of Vector Group. Miami-based Vector Group, run for the last 20 years by CEO Howard Lorber, has always been an idiosyncratic presence in residential real estate. On the one hand, it held Element, a national brokerage specializing in luxury and invested in other real estate companies. On the other hand, it's home to the Liggett Group, a more than century-old producer of discount tobacco products. But in August, Scott Durkin replaced Dottie Herman as CEO of Douglas Elliman, and Durkin and Lorber quickly moved to make Elliman a standalone, noting to Bloomberg News in November that certain funds and institutions won't invest in tobacco. For this episode, I spoke with Scott Durkin about his career in real estate and decision to make Element a standalone company. We also discussed real estate amid Omicron. And I pushed Durkin on why it seems Wall Street investors generally do not think much of residential brokerages. I hope you learned something from this podcast, or at least were moderately diverted. Please contact me at m. Blake at housingwire.com. That's M B L A K E at housingwire.com. Hello, I am here with Scott Durkin, CEO of Douglas Element Realty. Scott, welcome to the show. Thanks, Matt, for having me. It's good to be here. Great. So, Scott, 
What are your roles and your responsibilities at the new Douglas Elliman, which is spin off from the Vector Group? Um, I'm the uh, CEO of Douglas Elliman Realty, which is the luxury resale brand of the company that crosses nine markets in the United States with over 7,000 agents and 111 offices. And uh, so I will be in charge of the U.S. territory for the company, as well as uh, working out of our headquarters at 575 Madison in New York City, and uh, as well as managing the ancillary services that are related to real estate in regards to all the other offices. And have those responsibilities changed at all with the recent development that you guys spun off of your parent company, or are they pretty much the same? They're pretty much the same. However, I think with the new spinoff, um, we are able to grow all of these divisions and increase our market share. And so that's exciting. And in terms of that spinoff, so when we spoke in August, you said that you speak several times a week with Vector Group and that they are very involved in real estate. Uh, so why the decision to, to spin off into your own company? There were many reasons, but I think the, the main reason was that we were a subsidiary of a tobacco company. So that really kept us uh, having our own uh, spotlight as well as yeah. it kept other people from investing in a clear real estate company. And we were able to spin off this into its own public uh, company. And for us, that was really important because we're a company that has no debt. We have a large cash reserve. Uh, we have an average price of 1600000 across the country, and we're highly profitable. So it, it seemed like the right time and the right climate. Yeah. And what the fact that you were the subsidiary of a tobacco company, like, is that just kind of a reputational hit you feel like to Element? Or did that like lead to specific issues with people investing or not investing in the company? What exactly was the issue with that? Oh, well, I think all of what you just said is, is that the, you know, uh, tobacco and real estate really don't go together. And <laughs> um, some people won't invest in a tobacco company for the, the sheer reason of that it's tobacco and it hurts people. Um, it could be anything like that. But also the real estate part of it is so important right now because as we can see during the pandemic, and we don't even have a post-pandemic time yet, uh, the whole world is wanting a piece of real estate. And it really is is an amazing um, investment as well as a choice of lifestyle that uh, we felt important that the brand of Douglas Elliman needed to be out there and needed to be on its own. Mm -hmm. And part of when I look through the Vector Group uh, SEC filings and the Elliman S1 filing, uh, the New Valley Ventures arm that was of the Vector Group and which invests in you know, what they call prop tech, real estate technology companies. What is the the New Valley Ventures that seems to be a pretty big part of the Vector Group from what I can tell. Is that now part of Douglas Elliman or is that still part of Vector? What is the relationship there? That is part of Douglas Elliman now. Okay. And um, they're the best uh, that we could ask for because they are an internal part of our company. However, they're 
heavily um, focused on the prop tech industry and, and technology. So we're able to enhance the services to all of our agents and have the best in class software companies that are already tested and proven. And when we uh, invest, and that's through the arm of, of that, um, we're able to have a position and skin of the game and also uh, roll it out to our agent pool and make their lives much easier. Their businesses run much smarter and um, offer them a lot of services that normally we would have to um think about building ourselves, but we're not building anything in house. We have no campus of engineers, mm-hmm. got, uh, mainly just a, a technology department with the, the most important people in it. Um, our CIO, our CTO and, and our help desk. So we're able to test out all of these investment opportunities within the company. And if they, we feel it works, we'll invest in it. And then um, that keeps that company focused on 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 being able to deliver what they've promised uh, and also helps our agents have the best that's out there in the industry. Could you give an example or two of a New Valley Ventures investment and maybe its interaction sure. with agents? Well, we've just invested in ReChat, which is a, um, a CRM that uh, it goes within our Douglas program. Our Douglas is our internet for our agents. It's called My Douglas. And ReChat is is one of the best CRM programs out there right now for real estate agents. And that's one of the things that we needed most uh, for our agents was the CRM piece because um, many times that falls on the wayside because the agents are so busy. But this new program for them is really exceptional. We have another one that helps consumers that might have a second or third home, and that's called Humming Homes. And that gives you the opportunity to have a second or third home. But this service, and it's all done online and it's it's uh, anywhere you want it to be, helps you manage your weekend or vacation home or investment home when it comes to finding the right uh, contractors, the right mm-hmm. plumbers, the right painters, the right landscapers. So Humming Homes is one of our, our new ones. And we're also investing in um, electric uh, vehicle chargers across oh, really? the country. Yeah, because that seems one of the hot things that people want in their house now is that that EV charger. We're also investing in uh, similar to DocuSign and and similar to a, a notarization platform. So it's important for us not to build it because you'll spend all your money and by the time you launch it, it will be obsolete. But to spend and invest on what we believe will be the best software out there for our agents and their businesses. I thought the Humming Homes one was particularly interesting because you are a a luxury brand in real estate. How many of kind of your clients would you say have a a second or or third home? How prevalent is that among your client base? It's very prevalent. It's um, I I don't have a number offhand, but I would imagine it's well over 50 percent of our clients have at least two or three homes. And how do you how do you sort of get those clients to to stay with with Element? I mean, what is sort of how would you sort of differentiate yourselves as a as a brand from say either Compass or maybe other like more like Warburg Realty, other kind of more local boutique places in New York City or Aspen or elsewhere? I think one of the hallmarks of our brand is that 
we have a, a connectivity amongst our agents that no other brand has in the country. Uh, we are where our clients are. So when you look at our map, uh, we're in, you know, we can be in Palm Beach, Miami, Manhattan, Brooklyn, the Hamptons, Boston, uh, Greenwich, Connecticut, uh, Scarsdale, and then on to Aspen, Austin, Dallas, Houston, Beverly Hills, Malibu. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are in, in those markets where the client goes and we find those markets that feed our other markets. We're now expanding in the West coast of Florida in Naples and Sarasota, St. Petersburg. And then the East coast, we're, we're going to be opening up in Vero beach for us. We follow the client and that's important because the client's, that feed our luxury markets need something else in another market. But most importantly, the the element agent possesses a drive and something that we help them build on selling in multiple states. So we have agents that are licensed in um, all of the states that that we have offices in. And more importantly than that is that we, we have events all over the country where the agents are constantly together. Of course, COVID has kept that from happening. But we do keep our agents uh, together as much as we can. We have events in Florida and New York and California and Aspen and Texas uh, where they're all invited and that they can they can exchange business. We also have an incredible public relations department uh, that's that's over 10 people that that handles the entire country and also handles our relationship with Knight Frank, which is our international partner, which is truly an an international partner and someone that we uh, are proud to have in the element family, anything that comes into the United States from, from Europe uh, and the world through Knight Frank comes to Douglas Salomon and anything mm-hmm. we send out goes to Knight Frank. They have over, I think 500 offices and 19,000 agents. And, uh, they're really the best in class outside of the U S. So we have all of these things that make our agents aware of how they should be doing their business. And it's all about relationships. And I think that's important now. The high-end agent is very much the family advisor to the the, the investor and the, the right. owner on where they they may want to go. And if you have an agent in, in uh, Miami that has a buyer that wants something in Connecticut, they'll look at their Miami agent and say, I need you. I want you. Tell me what I need up there. Tell me what's important. And then, the, then the relationship piece of it starts there where the agents and the, and the leadership get each other together and we make the best possible choices for the client in, in terms of getting to see it, getting into in, in there, becoming um, familiar with where they're going. Um, we have a lot of things that are important and it all comes down to service and we're a, a high touch service industry. And that's where I think we excel. We're not a technology company. Mm-hmm. Um, that's important as, as the engine to, to behind the scenes, but it's not something that we would be calling ourselves. I mean, we, we transact and sell the best real estate in the world. Yeah. And that's, and that's notable because Compass, Keller Williams, many other brokerages now are calling themselves technology companies. So it's notable that you don't. So with Douglas Elliman becoming public, you're now being traded publicly. The last time I checked, your market cap is presently, I think, less than $1 billion. I could be wrong. It could be hovering around there. And I mean, this compares pretty favorably to other brokerages like Realogy, which has, you know, much larger the size of you guys, has 
you know, uh, presence in every corner of the United States, Caldwell Banker, Century 21, all parts of Realogy, their market cap is less than $2 billion. This, I mean, I, this is, I do not know much about market caps and market values and how they represent the true value of a company, but these numbers do seem arguably at odds with the billions of dollars in sales volume that Douglas Elliman does each year and the continued role of brokerage in the housing market. I guess my question from all this is, do you see any disconnect between how you perceive the value of brokerage and maybe how Wall Street investors or people who buy stocks might? Well, it's interesting you say that. I think when you peel back the onion, you realize that <clears throat> we sell real estate and we know that, and that's our that's our laser focus. We also peel it further and we realize that we should be involved in title and in mortgage and in escrow and right. other services that help provide revenue to the bottom line. I think um, the valuations are, are quite, uh, they don't compare up. Yeah. Well, they don't, when you look at them they're you put them all up there, you're like, wow, this doesn't make any sense. And, and in many ways, we've often wondered that too, for some of those valuations that are, you know, four, five, six billion dollars. Uh, but for us, our, our focus is on luxury real estate and we are highly profitable. And I think that uh, shows you where they have valued us. And that's important for us to be able to, to um, go to mm -hmm. the market with. And, and when you look at our financials, it, it's all very clear on what we're doing and how it's going and, and, and how we're growing and what our footprint is and what our future footprint is. So I think for us, we're in a very good position right now. And um, it's a, it's a position where you really have to show that what you're doing and you have the market share and you have the, the average price and you have the profitability. And I think we just, we happen to hit all of those marks. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Anything else in terms of your pitch as to why someone should buy shares of element or whether you think your market value might change as, as you become more established as a publicly traded company on its own? Well, I think as a personal pitch, if I was looking or or even, you know, I, I often say to people, well, what does everyone talk about when they're at a social setting? Mm -hmm. Most of the time it's real estate. Mm -hmm. um, it always is. It's it's always about owning or, or going somewhere fantastic. It could be luxury hotel ownership. It could be staying at the best new property in it somewhere else. And as you can see in, in, in the, in the landscape now, a lot of these hotels are realizing, Oh, we need to have our branded residences. So we're, we're, we're involved in that with Susan DeFrance and the Douglas element development marketing. We're mm -hmm. launching all of those as we can of these luxury brands. So we're, we're there for the, the experience as well. And I think that it's important for people to, to be able to, to invest in things that they know about and, we always used to say real estate's like driving your money right into the ground and <laughs> you have the best control of it. So I think if you look at it, at it historically, and we have the Jonathan Miller reports, uh, our relationship with Jonathan, yeah, um, that the trajectory of that has always been, it really, uh, it, it's been um, a great investment for, for so many people. It's rarely 
um, not performed. And we always say, you know, real estate should be something you're buying to live in. But when you look at it historically, it's always it's always done well. So I think um, I think you should invest in what you know and what you're comfortable with and what you can see the historical values on and uh, make your decision. Mm -hmm. Finally, uh, last topic I wanted to speak with you about is Omicron obviously is dominating society at large right now. How has it affected your company and and the real estate market generally? I think um, it's probably classified under a a really big hiccup because let's not forget we're coming over on our second year at the end of in the beginning of March when all of the, well this started. So for us, we're we're all we're all set for it. We've pivoted. We've redone the way we do business, the way we do showings, the way we do contracts, closings, inspections. Everything's poised that we can operate under any. Uh, environment right now. It's unfortunate for Omicron. We're all hoping, we collectively say that we hope it's just the new flu or the new cold. Right. And that, um, it will end everything and we'll be able to move on. Uh, but as you know, if you're in the densely populated cities like New York, it's the cases are just all over the place and it's, it's you know, 900,000 in one day. Um, but hopefully this one will be short-lived and, uh, we can move on. But yes, it's and I think it also has helped the housing market in many ways because people don't want to be left without having somewhere to go in case they do need a second home um, or a third home or somewhere else to, to take the, their family or their friends. So it's it, it works in many ways. There are many silver linings about this, but hopefully we won't have people um, dying like we did and uh, the first time around. And, and I think that's one of the, one of what we're seeing right now is, is, as being that it's not requiring you to be in the hospital on a ventilator. So we're right. hopeful. And in terms of kind of the bread and butter of your brokerage, like, are there any situations where you were kind of maybe bringing people back to the office or maybe doing stuff more in person and are now scaling back on that? Well, with the exception of New York, all of the other operations have it's business as usual now. Mm -hmm. Let's not forget most of the uh, other companies uh, in our our footprint, they're in their cars. They're not on a train. They're not in a high rise. They're not in elevators. They are operating out of their cars. So they have a, a whole protocol of how to show a home. And um, so we are we we had that coming out of the gate about three months after the first COVID. Um, so they've been operating under under a normal protocol within uh, showings as it relates to COVID. Um, so nothing's changed for them. They're, they may not even realize how they're doing it and how well they're doing it, but um, it's been tremendous the way that, that they've mm -hmm. been able to uh, grab this and turn it into business. That's the sign of great agents. They'll just you know, give me a yeah. way to get the front door open and I'll be there. And and that's what I have to say is what's so great about our Douglas Elliman agents. They really pulled this together and, and, and we're, we're, we're obviously seeing that from last year's numbers. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks so much for your time. Uh, this All right. Scott Durkin, CEO of Douglas Elliman. This has been Housing Wire Daily. Thanks, Matt. Bye-bye.
Looking for more insight into what will happen in 2022? Or maybe you need more information on what in the world is happening with the federal regulators. Or you could just be looking for information on how to stay competitive as the industry shifts to a purchase-focused market. Our HW Plus Premium Membership comes with all of this insight and more. With your HW Plus Membership, you'll get at least five HW Plus articles a week that dive deeper into the daily news to help you confidently make business decisions. To join, go to housingwarrant.com forward slash membership. Thanks for listening to Housing Wire Daily. I hope you have a great afternoon. If you haven't already, make sure to hit that subscribe button so you don't miss out on all the hottest stories crossing our news desk daily. The podcast is now available wherever you like to listen. Make sure to tune in tomorrow.